Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm very pleased to have Dan Greenwood as my guest today. Dr. Greenwood has over 25 years of experience in education in all types of schools as an associate director of a professional organization, head of school, college professor, assistant head of school, division director, director of technology, and teacher. Currently, he is training and supporting career counselors using the Greenwood system to assist neurotypical and neurodiverse clients in finding career and educational paths that are good matches with their profile. Welcome, Dan, and thank you for joining me today to discuss finding the right career match, which can be a challenge for those with and without special needs. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very much looking forward to this. So to begin with, tell me, what does research show us um, that, is in, that are important, I should say, considerations when one is choosing a career? Sure. There's a, a large body of research that's over 100 years old um, that deals with career counseling. As you can imagine, this is an important uh, aspect of being an industrious country and making the most of those are, that are in it. So uh, way back um, in the late 1800s, actually, Dr. Frank Parson began the idea of career counseling, and he had the traits and factor analysis, which was basically that you had a career counselor who knew a lot about jobs. You had the uh, novice who was the person seeking the advice of this sage-wise person. There would be a lot of analysis. Uh, Dr. Parsons understood that it was very important for the person to understand themselves and then understand what they're capable of. And then because the career counselor would have a large body of knowledge about all of the jobs that were out there, they would make the match and, um, and all was well. And that was actually the, the career stand, that was a standard for a lot of the early 1900s until we get to uh, Dr. Holland. And he really figured out that there's also an environmental factor, that there's a person and an environment. And what you really need to do is fit those two together. And he figured out there were six types of people. And when those six types of people gathered, they created six types of environments. So in addition to their abilities, he was also looking for environments which would uh, make them whole and make them feel a part of the group. And uh, they would solve problems the same way. They would have similar outlooks. They would be reinforcing each other. Um, they would prefer to solve the similar type problems. So he really came up with this person environment fit, which included interests. Then uh, Super and Savickas came along and said, you know, values are really important. We really need to pay attention to what people hope to accomplish, what they think are important. And so they came up with the idea that values um, needed to be involved in the decision-making. And then Jung uh, came along with personality, and uh, that was very much uh, understood to have an effect on, um, you know, your personality has uh, some influence and sway over uh, what careers you are best suited for, particularly the middle two letters of your Holland Code. Um, the way in which you take in information and the way in which you make decisions uh, are two of the most important aspects of your personality when taking into consideration what jobs are a good fit. So basically, research has told us over the hundred and some years that we've been doing this that it's really a combination of your abilities, interests, 
values, and personality. Well, that sounds like a much more holistic approach, actually, to me. It sounds like it would be not only much more effective, but much more successful, taking the whole person into consideration, not just, well, you know, you got A's in math, so, you know, I guess you're, you're going to go work in some sort of a job that requires a lot of math. <laughs> just yeah. taking, taking a, lot, a lot more factors into consideration so the person will not only hopefully be successful in their career, their chosen career path, but also enjoy it. Because yeah. that's really the name of the game. That that's that's what that allows the person to continue and last on whatever path they choose. I would think is that factor of enjoyment that goes along with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So so talking about a neurodiverse population, then are there additional considerations when you are dealing with a neurodiverse population in terms of? career counseling and choice and placement and so forth? Sure. Um, and it comes along with um, exceptionalities. Um, neurodiverse populations have exceptionalities that are both very strong and positive, and then others that are somewhat, um, that are deficits, which uh, are, are atypical and uh, need to be paid attention to. So they're, they have these pronounced exceptionalities, which need to be taken into consideration. But Regardless of the exceptionalities, first you want to cultivate a, uh, a good list of jobs for which they match based on all four capabilities, uh, the abilities, interests, values, and personality. Once you have that, then you can take into account true exceptionalities and be able to filter um, for things like basic skills, reading and writing and critical thinking, or cognitive abilities. Um, or social abilities or physical abilities, um, also psychomotor or knowledge-based areas uh, or sensitivities like sensitivity to glare or noise. Um, knowledge-based areas may be specific knowledge about certain um, disciplines, which may be particularly advantageous. Uh, physical abilities could be both strong strength and, um, and deficits in the physical abilities. Uh, even things like technical abilities um, can be taken into account. And so if you have a good list of careers for which a person is well-suited for their profile, then what you can apply a more specific set of exceptional strengths and deficits to help you filter that list or sort that list um, and at least be aware of the potential for their strengths to be particularly advantageous in some of the jobs and less so in others, and likewise that their deficits may be particularly problematic in some careers and less so in others. And what you're looking for is a nice combination of strengths being leveraged and deficits being minimized um, and it being a good match with all of their other interests and values and personality. It sounds like it makes perfectly good sense to me. And it also sounds like something that would be very advantageous to offer to those who are in the neurodiverse population and perhaps still in high school and uh, developing a transition plan for when they exit the school system. Um, for them to go through this sort of assessment, I would think would be incredibly advantageous uh, to 
just help them plan for the future, whether they might be heading to college or to a vocational school or or just go straight into employment or whatever direction it is that they want to go. Um, I would think this information would be absolutely invaluable to them. You're right. It really is. Um, There are some key decision points where you have to make decisions. As you said, do uh, they go on a vocational track and get some vocational training? Or is there additional uh, general education that they would need towards um, a a more professional career? Uh, And that's going to depend upon, you know, what they want and how they want to live their lives and uh, what they're capable of. And so these decision points, it's really important for them to take into account uh, the different options. And to do that, you need a lot of good information about yourself, and you need a lot of good information about the jobs that are available that are good matches for you. But absolutely, that transition planning um, is a critical period. And it's also critical because decisions at that point are very expensive. I mean, if you go to college and you only do two years, um, you could be out a lot of money if, if that's not continued and completed um, with coursework that was, uh, you know, geared towards um, the job that is a good fit with them. So these these decision points are expensive, not only because they're um, costly, but they also cost time and they can also cost, um, they can take a toll on a person's uh, self-esteem or, you know, their, their image of themselves. So you want to make sure that you set a student up for success by giving them um, career possibilities that they're excited about. And when they make the decision to move in that direction, you look for ways to get them there. Is it education? Is it vocational? Is it um, an apprenticeship? Uh, Is there an internship or volunteer opportunities that they can do? You need to take all that into account and then build a bridge from where they are now to where they want to be in the future. I agree with that, and uh, yeah, if they're going into a four-year university and they stop after two years, you're absolutely right, but then they may decide, you know what, four-year university isn't for me, I'm going to go to a community college, or a college may not be for me at all. Just like you say, um, you know, there, there are a lot of different paths that these young people can take, and having this information at their fingertips would certainly be so incredibly helpful and useful to help them make those very important decisions. And speaking of information, um, I was looking through some of your information that you sent me, and I noticed that you use the term grit in terms of career counseling. What is that, and why is it important? Yeah, grit is uh, really important for the students to understand. So uh, every career counselor should be really uh, in uh, educating the students on the importance of grit. Now, this is Dr. Duckworth's work out of the University of Pennsylvania, and she has an excellent book. It's called Grit. Um, She has a TED Talk, which I would strongly encourage you to watch as well. But what she has found through her research is that there are two things that are super important when uh, trying to anticipate someone's future success. And one is their ability to maintain interest in something over a long period of time called their consistency of interest. If they can maintain interest over a long period of time, then they can become more expert in that over time. Uh, The other important piece is the um, perseverance of effort, their ability to overcome obstacles. So what she's found is the combination of those two things, your consistency of interest and your perseverance of effort, 
are the two best predictors of future success, more predictive than your GPA or your test scores or um, your physical prowess or any other measure. It has been shown to be the best predictor of success. So we can say to the students with full confidence, you know what? You may not have the test scores. You know what? You may not have the grades, but what we need to do is figure out what you're interested in. And that interest will turn into a passion and that passion will turn into a purpose. And once you get to the level where you're doing something with purpose, you will be doing it um, very passionately and purposefully, and you will have the greatest amount of grit. We know people that have purpose to be the most gritty individuals. So that's what we're looking to do through this process is help them identify their budding interests. Then we want them to further explore that by taking courses and interning and apprenticing or going to school and getting a job. And through all of that, they're learning more and more about that career. And if we've pointed them in the right direction, they're building more and more experience and they're getting better and better and they're becoming more and more passionate about it. Hopefully the ideal is they get to the point where, as I said, they are actually operating with purpose. That sounds like an excellent plan, actually. It sounds like an excellent plan for anyone, neurotypical or neurodiverse, to follow. Um, But what steps, then, can any student take to realize their dream of finding a career that they enjoy and that they're good at? And also, what role can the career counselor play in helping them do that and helping them along that path? Well, back to Parsons, um, 100 plus years ago, he realized that uh, actually more than that, I mean, we go back all the way to the uh, Oracle of Delphi. And, you know, the number one thing was know thyself. So the first thing a student needs to do is to think about who they are, what's important to them, what are their values, what are they interested in, um, reflect on their personality uh, and take stock of their abilities. And when I say take stock of their abilities, I mean they should do so with very much a growth mindset. And uh, mindset comes to us from Dr. Dweck in her book, Mindset. And that is the idea that you can get better. So while you may take stock of your abilities now and think, well, I'm not so good in X, um, a growth mindset recognizes that that can be improved with effort. And that's really important for every person to have is that mindset that I can get better with time. My abilities are not fixed in stone um, because that can be a very limiting factor otherwise and unnecessarily so. So you really want the, the student to take stock of, of all of those things. Who am I? What do I want? What do I picture for myself? What, do I, what am I good at? And a career counselor can help with that. They can help with a, a self-exploration is what we call it. Um, there are a number of assessments that can be taken, and those can be reviewed. And there's also um, things like interest inventories that can be administered, um, personality assessments, values and motivators, clarifications. Um, and all of that can be um, pulled together into a very uh, succinct yet precise few sentences that really typify the student, what they want, uh, what they hope to accomplish. And once you have that set of 
five or six things that really make them tick. Then you can use those five or six things to really weed through the different jobs. Um, so the career exploration is the second part. So once that has been understood, once the self-exploration has happened, the student has a really good sense of who they are. Ideally, they would be presented with a smaller subset. There are about a thousand jobs out there um, that, you know, that are named. Uh, there are more if you do extrapolations, but a thousand different career titles is a good sampling of what's out there. And ideally, you'd want to limit that to maybe a hundred or fewer. Um, and if they've got a good set of careers, um, say a smaller subset of a hundred, then they can apply those things that they know about themselves, those five or six things that are really important to that more curated list of jobs for which they are well-suited, and then they can narrow that down. Um, but to do that, they need the resources to do the research. And that's another thing a career counselor can help with. Not only can they give them a more concise list of careers in which they should explore, but they can also give them the tools to do the, the exploration of those, of those um, careers so that they could see people doing it. They could understand how much money that needs to be made. They understand what kind of education is required. They can look at the curriculum. They can measure themselves against the curriculum. Um, they can think about what it would be like to go to medicine, medical school. Um, and, you know, and then residency and then board certification. They can really think about what it would take to do all those jobs and they can begin to prioritize them, hopefully identifying, you know, three or four careers for which they are most excited about at that moment after they have eliminated the other 97 jobs for which they were a good match and, and, and not even thought about the other 90% of the jobs for which they were not a good match. So there's this idea that you go from a thousand jobs to a hundred to 20 to 10 to three. Um, and that, that narrowing process uh, can be really facilitated with the help of a career counselor and with the help of all of the resources that they would need to better understand what each job takes um, and, and how their, their idea, their hermeneutic would interact with that um, with that career. So that's, that's getting it down to the top three or so. And then a career counselor can help them create an action plan. Okay, we've identified the three. Now let's think about what you have to do to get more information about these three jobs. Um, let's do informational interviews. Let's have you look for volunteer opportunities. Let's look for courses that you can take, programs that you can um, enroll in, or, or vocational activities that you can do, uh, or jobs that you could take. So that action plan creation is another important piece which a career counselor can help with. Beyond that, you get into um, more career coaching. Uh, you start involving yourself with things like resume writing assistance or interview preparation. Um, and career coaching on the job. Ultimately, what you would hope for is for everyone to have a mentor within the field of their cho choosing so that they really have somebody who's helping them navigate the ins and outs, the day-to-days of these different thousand careers that are out there. But it's, a, it's ultimately a, a self-exploration 
and then a career exploration, and then the creation of an action plan that needs to happen. Um, and it has to narrow the career list from a thousand down to three, um, which is something that a career counselor is well equipped to be able to help any student or any adult even do. Well, this sounds like a wonderful tool, Dan, uh, not only to eliminate a lot of the confusion that happens when you're trying to decide, well, what do I want to do and what direction do I want to go in? And, oh, my God, there's a thousand different jobs I can I can choose from. I, I have no idea. Um, but it also sounds like a tool to eliminate a lot of the limits that we not only place on ourselves, but that sometimes parents inadvertently place on their children without even realizing it. Um, and uh, I think those two things are incredibly important, um, you know, muddling through the confusion and also realizing that we don't have to limit ourselves or our children sometimes in the ways that we do, um, and most of the time inadvertently. So tell me, um, is there anything else at this point that you would like to add that we haven't covered? And what do you think is the most important takeaway that you feel our listeners should have from our conversation? Yeah, I think that um, getting back to your point about the limitations, um, I think that that's a really important point that I would like to underscore. I'd also like to add to it that uh, a lot of students, kids, adults even, don't realize the plethora of jobs that are out there. They know only those that they've been exposed to, that their parents do, that maybe their siblings or aunts and uncles do. And there really is a, a, a vast array of possibilities and ones that they uh, often haven't thought about before. But once you've taken stock of who they are and what they want, and some of these things just fall together and they're introduced to careers for which they are fantastic matches but for which they've never even thought about or known anything about until they've been introduced to it through a career counselor and then done the research and then gone out and done it. So that's what's really exciting for a career counselor is opening the eyes to all of the possibilities that are out there beyond what everyone talks about every day. Um, so that I would you know, also add to one of the limitations of a student is, is not knowing what's possible not knowing what's out there. But I would say that, uh, you know, this is incredibly important work. It is incredibly important to find something that you love because you do do it, um, you know, 40 hours a week for the rest of your life. Uh, it provides for your family. It, it you know, just, it, it basically dictates so many things, how you live, where you live, what you wear to work what you do on a daily basis. Do you interact with people or things? Um, do you travel? Do you not travel? Uh, it can even dictate where you live in the country uh, for certain jobs. So, you know, we, we really, I think, uh, can take a much more strategic approach to making these incredibly important decisions rather than go to college or go to school and try different things. The guess and check method um, is expensive and time-consuming and it's worked a lot, of way, a lot of times for a lot of people. I don't mean to dismiss it, and I don't mean to suggest that a liberal arts education is not a good education. I was educated in a liberal arts education, um, and I think a lot of us were. Uh, 
but being educated liberally and then having thoughts about what you're going to do with that liberal arts education, I think makes that liberal arts education even that much more uh, important and something that you're even more excited about if you know that you're headed in a certain direction. Well, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, so please tell me, what is the best way for our listeners to reach out to you directly if they have any questions or if they want to know more? Sure. Well, um, we, as you mentioned earlier on, we have the Greenwood system that we use. Um, and the Greenwood system is uh, done with a counselor. There's very much a process in addition to an assessment and a report. Um, the assessment is taken by the students, and then a counselor sits down with the student and spends between four and six hours with the student, um, getting to know them, having them think about themselves, getting to the point where the student has articulated those very specific things with the help of the counselor who's helping them um, understand who they are and interpret all the different results of the test. On the report, we have curated 100, 100 jobs. And uh, with the counselor, they go through those 100 jobs and do the research and then um, narrow that list down to 10, do more research, and then identify their top three. Um, and then an action plan is developed. So we very much believe in the research which has been uh, given to us over the last 100 years. We've developed a process that is holistic, um, that is interactive. Uh, it's based on relationships with the, that you make with the counselor. It's based on information about the student. And we um, we we have a it, it's been validated. Our process has been validated in the career development quarterly and shown to be 85% effective with a 95% approval rating. So we are one of the very few research-based, evidence-based um, career counseling processes um, that is out there. And you can find more information on our website. It's um, it's G R E E N W D A S S O C dot com. So it's Greenwood without the O's in the middle. G R E E N D W A S S O C um, dot com. And uh, or you can reach out to us on uh, my email address, uh, doctor dot dan dot Greenwood at gmail.com. So that's just easier okay. than the green W. That sounds good. And the uh, the website uh, you said was, um, I think you said it a little bit differently, the, the due times you said it. Yeah. Is it, is it, say it one more time, just to make sure we got it right. <laughs> sure. The website is G-R-E-E-N-W-D-A-S-S-O-C dot com okay great thank you and then uh that or your email and either way uh we'll get our listeners to you and uh response with any questions they they might have about the services that you offer absolutely great okay, i really great. appreciate this opportunity to share this information with you thank you so much um and i appreciate uh appreciate your listeners listening well, thank you so much, Dan, for taking the time to share some really great information with me today. My pleasure. I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.